Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Inside Out. My name is S. And I'm D. And welcome to our fifth episode. Are you excited? So excited. So I just do <laughs> a stat right now. 99% of podcasts fail on episode seven. So we're two away from that. We got to keep going strong. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that was a grim beginning, but okay. Good good to know. All right. So, how, I mean, let's, let's just get a little personal here at the beginning. How are you doing th- these days, Steve? I'm doing okay personally, but I know like lots of people with respiratory issues. It is not your year. <laughs> No, it is not. So if you don't know, but I think everyone should, especially if you're living in North America, uh, smokes, uh, fires, sorry, fires have broken up out in the United States, in the California area especially, and the smoke is drifting up towards British Columbia in Canada, which is where we are. And it's been smoking for what now, a week? Yeah. Yeah. We're currently number two with the worst air quality in the entire world my throat's been kind of itchy i've been like very tired and i'm blaming it on the air quality oh yeah definitely feel it i thought i had corona the other day not gonna lie (laughs) and i got really worried but then i realized no it's the smoke right it's affecting us even if we're staying inside um my family personally we open the windows a little bit near the evening and just yeah just not good um speaking of smoke there was a fire in your our neighborhood too d yeah i was so shocked about that yes me too because the the place we're talking about it is a place very treasured by the locals here me and my friends hang out there all the time we were there just this past august right yeah yeah and tourists also stop by here and for the it's really beautiful it's 150 years old and for it to be destroyed in a huge flame that engulfed just yesterday night so what today is we're recording this on the september 14th it happened last night on the 13th and well i guess speaking of smoke and fires let us start our topic for today you want to go for it yeah, so today, so today we're going to be talking about Lebanon and the explosion that happened there somewhat recently. I think it happened in... August 4th? Yeah, August 4th. August 4th, 2020. Mm-hmm. Tragic. And basically, the facts, let's break those down first. It was caused by a detonation of nearly 3,000 tons of unsecured ammonium nitrate in Beirut's port. So ammonium nitrate is this highly combustible material used to make fertilizers and bombs. And it was stored in unsuitable conditions for more than six years in the port. So when we first heard of the news, what was your reaction? I was like, oh my God, it's probably an atomic bomb because you saw the videos. Yeah, it was crazy. It was intense. I did not realize it was a non-nuclear, non-atomic explosion. I literally thought it was an atomic bomb as well. And uh, yeah, no, I was reading this New York Times article while doing more research for this podcast and just the explosion in slow motion, it it starts off light. You know, you you see those fireworks at the beginning and then it just explodes in this fiery, hot flame of red you know and it's it's really scary for sure yeah and like apparently 190 people died from it 
Yes, yes. The death 192 death over 200, I think. Yeah, and over 6,000 injured, thousands of buildings damaged, as many as 300,000 people left homeless. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who is to blame? So, I personally thought it was the government at first and like they were hiding something there or something like that yes definitely i mean disclaimer neither me or d we are not from lebanon and we have very little professional experience or education when it comes to law and politics this is completely our take on the situation and what we know from the research we have done yeah so all opinionated yes (laughs) very opinionated but i mean why did you think it was the government so you know about like the protests that were going on there how like their economy dropped their dollar was worth less than the syrian dollar and there's a civil war going on there oh yeah yeah the civil war it started in 1975 i'm pretty sure and then it lasted for a good many years and then it ended but basically the situation was is that lebanon was never independent itself it was always under control of saudi arabia and syria i think and just yeah it's government as some people might put it was always held under puppet strings right so growing up especially because we both have friends or people we know from Lebanon, we have heard that the people there are not happy with the government. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. literally the government shut off the electricity um, during half the day to save electricity because yes, they yes. didn't have enough money for it. The country was in literal debt and they couldn't pay back. Who is it? Is it like the UN or something that you have to pay back? No, they were asking for help from the UN, but mm. they said no. Yeah. I mean, the protests you mentioned about their dollar dropping, that started or especially became heightened in October 2019. And uh, I apparently one in three people in Lebanon are unemployed. Right now? Yeah, unemployed. That's crazy, especially because of coronavirus too. That's the thing with the blast, you know, over 6,000 people injured. Not everyone could be treated right away. And many people's injuries worsened because, you know, the hospitals are still reeling from coronavirus cases. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Beirut, am I pronouncing that right? Beirut? Yeah, you are. Okay. So the port, so the explosion was, it was massive, right? It was about... It created a crater about nine kilometers, five miles away from the port. And the blast was heard as far away as Cyprus, about 200 kilometers across the Mediterranean Sea. Wow. Right. And Professor Andy Ties, an expert on blast protection engineering, said, quote unquote, this is unquestionably one of the largest non-nuclear explosions in history, far bigger than any conventional weapon. Isn't it like third even compared to nuclear blasts? I'm not sure. Yeah, I remember seeing some of those stats around on Instagram when this first happened. Um, unfortunately, but like, news, yeah, what that's not saying? a credible source. So yes, exactly. Yeah, we we should probably look into it. But it definitely is compared to non-nuclear explo- uh, among non-nuclear explosions. It's one of it's the biggest in history so far. Um, but yeah, no, the situation there is not good. Again. There was a lot of coverage that first week, but I, I don't know about you, but the news has died down, even though there's like hundreds of people still homeless. Yeah, before the explosion, 
it was in the news too how the protesters were burning down the banks they were burning down everything mm-hmm. and, and then the explosion happened and you know we yeah. got a whole week or so of media coverage but did you know that there have been since the explosion there have been two fires that broke out in the port yeah i saw that and some yes. people saying oh it's to hide evidence is to do this and that all taken from twitter so not a credible <laughs> not a credible source yeah so far um I mean, there's an investigation being conducted still. About 25 people have been arrested, I think, since August 4th. But these fires that have broken out and the explosion itself, most people have accepted that, no, it was an accident. But at the same time, even though it was an accident, it was an accident that could have been avoided, you know? Mm -hmm. Because this port has been holding this bag of ammonium nitrate this huge supply of ammonium nitrate for six years and all of lebanon's main parties and security agencies have a stake in the port so people know what is being stored there what's going on there and none of them took action to protect it yeah i was pretty shocked to hear about that but then again the government doesn't care about its people there (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but my home country, there's there's a lot of corruptness in our government, too. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah. And, I mean, why, why are we talking about this today? Why is it important to us as, I guess, Gen Zers, right? And why does it make us angry? Because, I mean... U.S. America, U.S. elections are coming up. If you're from America and listening to this, and we want a party, we want a government that can protect us and guarantee us safety, health. You know, just mm-hmm. give us our rights, basically. So, as the new generation coming in, I'm going off a tangent here, but as the new generation coming in, and some of us in the next decade will be getting married, having our own families, we want to channel that safety and protection in, onto our own children and families, right? But if we're not feeling it right now, how, how do we trust our future governments to take care of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what's crazy is that we feel like, oh, all of Gen Z is so woke. But the thing is, it's only our circle that's like that. There is more people. There are even more people that are still stuck in the in the mindset people had back in the day. Like for example, if you go anywhere in America, like you'll find both type of people, like Trump supporters and like people who want change. Oh yeah. I actually know someone who is I think just a year younger than us, and he's a Trump supporter. Bro, my cousins live in America. They're Muslim. They're Pakistani, and they support Trump. Okay. What are you doing? That's another topic. That's another topic we'll be talking about. So stay tuned, people. Yeah. (laughs) But basically, yeah, no, it's true. Basically, either people in our generation they just don't care about the media, the news, what is going on in the world, or they only care when it is relevant to them. Yeah. For instance, the whole situation with coronavirus, a lot of millennials and Gen Zers uh, believe that, you know, it's just a stunt by the government. It's not real. And then their parent, grandparent, or they themselves get affected and suddenly they do a 180 in their views, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was a good rant talking about <laughs> corrupt governments and about. Honestly, it's all somewhat kind of related. <laughs> No, okay, but basically to summarize, because we went off topic there for a bit, uh, 
if you can continue to donate to Lebanon, there are still people, many people homeless, many people are yeah, trying to donate actually, through Red Cross. Yes, Red Cross, especially the Lebanon Red Cross. If you can, um, you should be able to like through online. And many people, many Lebanese are trying to escape their country because they're not not escape but like immigrate from their country, come to the West or other countries in the East because they don't feel safe there. So just keep them in your prayers if you know any Lebanese family or friends reach out to them ask them how they're doing you know August 4th 2020 it's been over a month but the impact is still there yeah so bye guys it was nice tuning in with all of you see you next time